The Secret Church Podcast is a resource from Radical.net. In Secret Church 18, David Platt seeks to answer questions like, What false gospels are being taught today? And how can I recognize the true gospel among so many counterfeits? We will consider the claims of Jehovah's Witnesses, Mormons, and other groups that claim to teach the truth. We will also explore the more subtle distortions of the gospel, including prosperity teaching that is rampant across the church. In the end, our goal is to walk away from this secret church not only enabled to discern false gospels, but also equipped to share the true gospel with people around us and with peoples around the world. For the Secret Church 18 study guide and other resources that go along with this audio, visit radical.net slash SC18. This is Secret Church 18, Episode 1. Good evening. It is good to be here outside of Nashville. We are here tonight to soak in the gospel and to give our lives spreading the gospel. So the purpose of tonight, just to be clear, is not to have an event, to do something kind of different for entertainment. If you were looking for entertainment on a Friday night, you had much better options than this one. Our goal tonight is not entertainment, it's equipping and encouragement. So our goal is not just for however many thousand people to have a unique Bible study tonight. Our goal is for all these people in all kinds of different places and homes and church buildings and this building and different countries around the world to soak in the gospel and walk away. I pray six or so hours from now or so uh, committed to spreading the gospel wherever you live and wherever God may lead you in the world, maybe even Malaysia. So that's what this night's about. That's what this study guide is for. So hopefully this is a lot better than Robbie with napkins. Uh, but part of the purpose of this study guide is to enable us to cover as much biblical, practical material as possible in one setting. So when I've gathered together with persecuted brothers and sisters in, in secret locations around the world at the risk of their lives, they make the most of that time. So that's part of our aim tonight. We want to make the most of our time. We're going to drink from the fire hydrant of God's word tonight. The reason scriptures are printed all throughout there is we won't have time to turn to all of them, but I want you to see them in a way that we can drink from the fire hydrant and then digest and declare that word in the days to come. So there are blanks in these guide, guide in the guide for you to be able to take notes. Uh, I always say I hope you've chosen wisely and the person that you are sitting next to tonight, you're going to need them. Because uh, when you doze off for 30 seconds around 11.15 and you realize you've just missed so 30 seconds dozing, you could miss 10 pages of material and uh, you'll be looking for some help. And uh, you, you don't want somebody that's dozing at the same time. So at least alternate. Uh, uh, so you want an awake, alert, listener, avid note taker by your side. So if you are having second thoughts about that person in a nice Christian sort of way, it might be a little awkward, but you might need to make a switch during the break or some other time. So uh, in all seriousness, I, I pray that in the next few hours, uh, God might do by His Spirit a supernatural work in your seat. I've prayed for that in such a way that you will be compelled to give your life in greater and greater ways to proclaiming the gospel of Christ on your school campus, in your office, in your neighborhood, 
and ultimately among the nations. So that's what, that's what we're after. Our topic, I, I think, is critical toward that end. So cults and counterfeit gospels. So before we dive into this study guide, let me, let me give you a picture. I'm going to put up here on the screen in just a minute a $20 bill in U.S. currency. So an estimated $150 million worth of counterfeit money is currently circulated in the United States. So how do you know if a bill is real or counterfeit? And so as a side note, this bill, the $20 bill, is the most counterfeited bill in the United States. So how do you, how do you tell if it's the real deal? And the Secret Service and Treasury Department offer at least five different tips. So one, you look for color-shifting ink. So kind of if we zoom in a little closer on the screen, at the bottom right-hand corner of a $20 bill, you look at the number 20, and it has a copper color when you're looking straight at it, but then when you rotate it, it has kind of a greenish color. So it's got color-shifting ink. It's one thing you look for. Two, you look for a watermark. So you hold the bill up to a light, you can see a watermark in an unprinted space on the right side of the portrait. You can actually see it uh, from both sides of the bill since it's not actually printed on the bill, it's actually embedded in the paper, that watermark. Third, you look for a security thread on the lift, on the left. So you hold the bill up to a light again, you see a thin embedded strip running from top to bottom down the face of the banknote. So on the $20 bill, it's just to the left of the portrait. And interestingly, so fourth, on that security thread, if you hold it up to ultraviolet light, it should be a certain color, and different bills are different colors. So in an ultraviolet light, a $20 bill would glow green, but a $50 bill would glow yellow. And then fifth, look at the serial number. So every bill has a serial number, and the letter that starts that serial number should correspond to a particular year. So bills, for example, printed in 2009 all start with J. This one on the screen, printed in 2004, should start with E, and so on. Every, every year has got a different letter that it starts with. So here's why all of this is practically pretty important, because once you accept a piece of currency, say a $20 bill or otherwise, in the United States, that money now becomes your responsibility. So if you accept a counterfeit bill, then you try to go and deposit it in a bank, the teller tells you it's counterfeit, then that bill is confiscated and you get nothing in return. You just lost $20. Now, obviously, the significance of that moment is measured by how much money is in play. If you do something for someone, they give you a $20 bill that you try to deposit in the bank, you find out it's counterfeit, you lose $20. Get nothing in return. That's unfortunate, but not extremely detrimental. But what if you spend your entire life earning $20 million and you save it all up and somebody gives it to you, you try to deposit that in the bank, you find out it's counterfeit, you lose all of it. That's extremely detrimental. Now I share that, so get that picture in your mind. Because there's a sense in which I can't imagine a more significant topic than what we're talking about tonight. And we're not talking about financial currency. We're talking tonight about how people go to heaven instead of hell forever. We're talking about how people, sinners, could ever stand before a holy God. And as we're about to see, there are counterfeit gospels being given out all over the world, including whatever community you live in right now. There's all kinds of counterfeit bills floating. And people are accepting them, receiving them, thinking that they're the real thing. And one day, 
They're going to stand before God, believing they have eternal life, and they're going to realize they received a counterfeit that leaves them completely empty in the end. And instead of experiencing eternal life, they will experience the exact opposite on that day. This is huge. And it's not, it's not just they. This is you and me. It's every single person, every single location where we're gathered tonight, whatever state, country you're in right now, what gospel have you received? That's a really important question. I want, I want to ask you tonight, are you holding the real thing in your heart? Or have you been sold a fake? There's no more question, important question for you tonight than that. It's an important question for you, and it's an important question for people around you. So think, think currency. Go back to that picture. If I'm given a counterfeit bill and then I pass that on to somebody else, then I'm setting them up for emptiness, right? We're responsible not just for what we accept, for what we pass on. And, and when it comes to the gospel, the stakes couldn't be higher. Like, we're not talking $20 bills. We're not talking $20 million. We're talking eternal life in heaven and everlasting suffering in hell. What you accept, what you believe, what you receive, and then what you pass on, what you share is extremely significant, eternally significant. That's why Paul says in Galatians chapter 1, to a church where people were believing a counterfeit gospel, it's the only Paul letter Paul writes that doesn't include some kind of commendation to start, some kind of encouragement. Instead, he just jumps right in. You look at it in your study guide, and it says, I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting him who called you in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. Not that there is another one, but there are some who trouble you and want to distort the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to the one we preached to you, let him be accursed. As we've said before, so now I say again, if anyone is preaching to you a gospel contrary to the one you received, let him be accursed. That word accursed literally means condemned. Paul just said, if an angel from heaven brings you a counterfeit gospel, let that angel be damned. Paul says, if I bring you a counterfeit gospel, let me be damned. Well, what we're talking about tonight is extremely, eternally significant for every one of our lives and for the lives of all the people around us. So here's, here's what I want to do tonight. I want to hold up the true gospel. I want us to see all over Scripture what the Bible teaches as the true gospel. Not my version, not this or that person's version, but as clearly and as faithfully, I pray, as possible to see what God's Word says about the gospel. I want us to hold it up and turn it this way, turn it that way, look at it in the light, like ultraviolet light, I see it from every angle. And then I want us to look at some counterfeits. And I want us to see where, okay, they have the color shifting ink and the watermark, but that security thread is missing. Or it's the wrong color. And they have all these things, but that serial number and year, they don't add up. Everything's perfect. Except for that one thing. And that one thing makes the whole thing counterfeit. That's the deal. Much like with money. The Secret Service responsible for currency protection doesn't look at a bill that has everything but the right color security thread and say, ah, it's close. Let's just count it. Like, it's mostly authentic. No, one missing element makes the whole bill counterfeit. So with the gospel. We don't say, well, it's close. This is what we have become so light with doctrine in the church today. They're like, oh, it's close. It's not too bad. 
It's got all these other truths, right? It's just kind of off in one way. Uh, you can't be off in one way on the gospel. I'm not talking here about questions in the Bible that Christians might disagree about. I'm talking core of the gospel. What we're going to see, once we see it, then we can't look at other gospels and say, well, it's close, mostly authentic, so we'll just count it. No. One missing element of the gospel, one distorted truth makes the whole gospel counterfeit. We want the real deal. We want to see it side by side with counterfeits. We want to do this for our sake. So I've prayed tonight that some people in this room and all kinds of different rooms, some people tonight will receive the true gospel. And that tonight, some people will put aside false gospels and believe the real thing. That tonight will be the moment of salvation for some. I have prayed for many. I was talking with somebody last week at a conference. They came up to me and they just said, uh, just real quick, they said, I trusted in Christ at a secret church a couple of years ago. And I've just been praying, like, God, please do that again tonight. Please, by the power of your spirit, take people, even people who have thought they were Christians, and if they got the a counterfeit in their heart, you would give them the real deal tonight. Bring people to trust in Christ truly tonight. So we'll see the true gospel then see counterfeits side by side for our sake and for others' sake. I pray that we will not leave here silent with that which is true. So, all right, we really got to dive more into this thing. We're not, we're not going to make it through it. So, uh, all right, open mouth, insert fire hydrant. Common myths that we need to at least acknowledge. Uh, so one, some may believe that cults and counterfeit gospels are very small, when the reality is many are very large, as we'll see, extremely large and pervasive. Second, many people believe that cults and counterfeit gospels are normally isolated, when the reality is many are extremely influential in your life in ways you may not even know or realize. Third myth, cult and counterfeit gospels are clearly immoral. Like we think about just crazy out there cults. We think Branch Davidian compound years ago, not, not long ago, Heather and I were in uh, Arizona and we just heard about this cult, the cult that was given over to all sorts of sexual immorality. And we might think, well, cults are just really weird, filled with all sorts of immorality, when the reality is many cults and counterfeit gospels are quite moral. In some cases, I would say more moral than you are. Fourth myth is the idea that cults and counterfeit gospels are far from me, like way out on a compound somewhere, when the reality is cults and counterfeit gospels are right around me. I, I, I know all kinds of people, have all kinds of friendships with people who fall into some of the groups that we'll talk about tonight. Then a final myth Cults and counterfeit gospels are merely a matter of personal preference. I hope we've seen already, hope it'll be all the more clear in the coming minutes, that cults and counterfeit gospels are ultimately a matter of eternal truth. So our purposes tonight are clear. One, we want to believe the gospel in our lives. I want to believe the gospel in our lives. Again, that's my prayer for every single person in this gathering. And, and let me pause here. I, I want to thank you, especially if you've come here tonight and you don't profess to be a Christian, maybe you're exploring what Christians believe, or maybe you hold to one of these beliefs that we'll call a counterfeit gospel tonight. I just mentioned I have many friends along these lines and my aim in any conversation with them and certainly any exploration tonight, my aim is not to win an argument or to assert I'm right over you, but just to seek out truth, not according to me or you, but according to God in his word. That's the aim. 
Not just that we would believe something, but that we would believe God. In a John 3.16 kind of way, we believe God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. What does that mean? I just want us to look all over God's word tonight at what it, what it means to believe in Jesus. What does it mean to believe the gospel? That's what we're after tonight. We want to believe the gospel in our lives. Two, we want to guard the gospel in our churches. Every one of us needs to realize in our lives, in our families, in our churches, that there are false gospels. There's an adversary who wants those false gospels to creep into our lives, our families, spouse, kids, our churches, brothers and sisters around us, which is why we all have a responsibility in our lives, in our families, in our churches to, in the words of 2 Timothy, guard the good deposit entrusted to you. We want to guard the gospel in our churches, and ultimately, we want to spread the gospel in the world. Remember, soak and spread. Uh, Not one Christian in the world is intended simply to soak in this gospel. Every Christian in the world is intended to spread this gospel. We have currency that leads to eternal life. God has told us to give it away. That's what disciple-making in Matthew 28 is all about. Go, therefore, and make disciples. If if secret church doesn't lead to that, then we've missed the whole point. part Part of my hope is that in looking at the gospel, God would Renew your perspective on what really matters in this world. I was thinking uh, about perspective, even as I was praying specifically for this. I, I thought about uh, one of my one of my kids, uh, Heather and I. This was a few months ago. Had taken them to a, a college football game down here in the south, uh, where. Uh, Heather and I, our alma mater, was playing in a championship game, and they ended up winning that game. And, and the kids were, I'm not even mentioning names because I just don't want to go there. Just, uh, just don't want to get into, ah, because that's kind of the point. But we'll get to that in a second. Uh, uh, so, I mean, it was, it, was, it was so much fun, like just enjoying the game with the boys. And uh, they're 11 and 10 and uh, just had a blast. Well, we, we get back that night, and I'm uh, tucking the kids in, and uh, um, one of them says to me, totally unsolicited, totally unsolicited, he said, uh, Dad, will you pray for me? And I said, sure, buddy. What can I pray for specifically? And we had, so earlier in the week, we, we walked through a Bible reading plan together, and earlier in the week, we had been in Luke 15, uh, and we had talked about it in our family worship time when... Uh, uh, just this picture of God seeking after the lost and rejoicing in heaven over one who repents and just talked about re- how heaven just is exhilarated when one person comes to Christ and how we have the opportunity to be a part of that uh, by sharing the gospel and leading people to Christ. So anyway, we had talked about that earlier in the week. So he says, will you pray for me? And I said, sure, buddy, how can I pray for you? And these were his words. He said, uh, he said I had so much fun at the game tonight. It was so exciting, but I just find myself uh, getting more excited about our team winning than I would be about somebody trusting in Christ. And I just, I need you to pray that I wouldn't lose perspective. I said, yeah, buddy, I'll pray for that. Uh, (laughs) For you and your brother and for me. (laughs) We are so tempted to get so consumed with things that do not matter, that don't matter. What's going to matter 10 billion years from now? Your team's not on the list, right? My team, like, 
and so many things we get so worked up over, so focused on. And I'm just praying that God would give fresh perspective tonight. We walk away like, okay, this matters. All the things that have been going on, and it's not that there aren't things in our lives that are important that we need to be focused on, but, but to put it in perspective. We walk away with a fresh perspective, with an eternal perspective of what really matters in the world. Thank you for listening. You can find more episodes from Secret Church and thousands of other free resources at Radical.net.